how you want to show up. Like that's your only power in this world. Like you can't control anyone else. You can only control yourself. So if you can believe in yourself that much. And for me personally, I find that through movement. And I laugh because I have to tell you, like I've gone on stages where I've had people way more well-known than me and like Ted talk speakers and these people that would blow me out of the water. And I'm just there and I'm like, Hey, and, and I'm fine. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's really that one thing. It's just showing up for yourself. That's it. Hello and hola friends. Welcome to the Medicine, Marriage, and Money podcast, the only podcast for dual physician couples who want to achieve marital interdependence and financial freedom together. In this podcast, you will learn how to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can love intentionally and build a stronger and more financially savvy relationship with your spouse. And I am your host, a physician mom, a doctor's wife, and a life coach, Dr. Kate Mangona. Welcome. Bienvenidos. Hello friends, this is Kate Mangona, your host on Medicine, Marriage, and Money. We are here with the Boutique Mind Doctors from Chester County, Pennsylvania, Drs. Allie and Mark Nowitzki. Dr. Allie Nowitzki is a double board certified pediatrician and neonatologist and founder of a successful online course for female physicians as a certified life and weight loss coach. She is a blogger, vlogger, national speaker, and host of two podcasts, Resuscitate Your Marriage and Life Coaching for Women Physicians. Allie is a loving and supportive wife and rock star mother to two strong girls. She entered my life shortly after the global pandemic began and within a day had changed my life. Dr. Mark Nowitzki Jr. is a dual board certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist where he embraces a therapy-first approach. He is adjunct faculty at Temple University School of Medicine Psychiatry Program and provides expert witness testimony for adult and child forensic court cases. He is also a blogger, vlogger, and host on Resuscitate Your Marriage podcast. And most importantly, Mark is a loving and supportive husband and father to two brave girls. Welcome, Allie and Mark. coming on my show. I'm so excited. Thanks for having us. Well, we're very happy to be here. And I mean, the truth is that we have had some really fun times, some pretty, really not anticipated times in terms of business over the past three years. And we're excited to be here and just kind of be completely open and honest just about everything that's gone on and how we've handled things and just really, you know, loving the journey together. I think that's the key is just embracing the journey, embracing the twists and the turns. And that's just been the fun of it. Like who would have thought we'd be here three years ago? No, we we were literally, I think we're sitting in this room (laughs) and we were thinking, wouldn't it be cool to do a podcast together? That was before I even had any idea I would actually be running a business. So it, it was just, we've always been friends. In fact, our relationship started as us being best friends for a full year before we even started dating. So I think that that's really the cool thing is that we're like buddies. <laughs> no, I love that. I mean, you guys remind me of me and my husband so much. So I'm so excited. And okay, my first question for you, what is your definition of marital interdependence and what does it take to achieve it and maintain it? Or in simplified terms, what makes a successful marriage work and last? I really like that. I mean, I'll let Mark answer. I tend to be, just so you know, I tend to be the one that goes for it first. It's just my personality. I 
Well, and I think that's kind of part of the answer is knowing your strengths and and Ali, I've always said Ali is like the lead actress and I'm the supporting act and I'm we're okay with that. It works. <laughs> now, I want to I want to add to that. There's there's good there's good things to that being the the lead actress. It means that I do take on a lot of responsibility and that I have to be okay with what the expectations are for myself and also Mark, but it's about having I think to answer the question, having a shared common goal overall and then allowing ourselves to have independent goals within that bigger goal. So I think that that allows us to satisfy just that underlying desire to want what we want as individuals and then coming together and allowing that to then propel the shared goal. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> and and so the shared goal like how do you guys come up with that? And do you like, is there, you sit down and talk about that routinely or is that you talk about once or? That's, that's a really good point. And it's something that maybe two years ago, we really started to prioritize our relationship for a while. We were just co-parenting. Um, you know, I was working a whole lot. Ali was working in the hospital overnight and, you know, we were putting the kids first, obviously, but there was very little nurturing of the relationship and we decided to start doing date night. And at date night, we really fed into the relationship, the communication. And um, we actually started and to make it even more complicated being business partners as things were developing. So we actually have sit downs where we talk about the kids. We have separate sit downs for business and then separate times where we meet to really talk about the relationship and what we need from each other. Yeah. And honestly, really having that conversation, because a lot of times with my clients, I talk about having that difficult conversation. That's one of the toughest things really that we have to do, but we had to actually have, and we continue to have difficult conversations, but the idea of admitting that we haven't been prioritizing us. And, and that's like a hard thing to face sometimes because you actually have to admit like, okay, things, you know, we always want to be doing better. So then when we instituted the meetings, it's helped because for me, because my personality is I'm a doer. So I have an idea and I want to bring it to fruition immediately. And so as a business partner, I was always talking about business. And that honestly became a really big problem because it was forcing us not to just be in the moment together. Like there was always an ulterior motive for the conversation. And I felt it, I thought it, he felt it, he thought it. And so not only did we institute these meetings where we do family, couple and business, but then I've actually hired a coach recently um, to where I'm just talking business. And honestly, I think that that investment has been really great for our relationship because if I have a business question now or something I want to bounce off somebody, like I'm paying somebody to listen to me. <laughs> right. You have a business coach. Okay. Um, you know, more, more recently, this is really new. And I realized that I needed somebody where I could throw my ideas out there and brainstorm and we could like put them together. And I think that 
Mark, you can tell me, I mean, from my point of view, I feel like then when we're together, we're like laughing and talking and we're much more in the moment together. Yeah. I think instituting those boundaries has really been helpful in the relationship. You know, there's a time and a place and yes, obviously there are sometimes you can bounce things off, but for a while there, it was just nonstop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'd be like, Hey, you look so nice. And I'd be like, what do you think about if I did like an extra session on, and it was like, but it was, it was more me. I could, I could tell that I was the one that was usually initiating the business talk because that is just my personality. So I learned a lot about myself through this business growth process in terms of how it relates to our relationship, because it also showed me that it's easy for me to take for granted our relationship because we did start as friends. So it's like, well, he's always going to be there. <laughs> like, she, she, you know, and him thinking, you know, she's always going to be there, but there has to be that special attention that you're putting on each other. No, I think that's so common. It's been more of a challenge during COVID. We are constantly around each other, which is a blessing and a curse sometimes. But I think uh, having the ability to really create special time you we always said in our podcast like you don't need to go out on a date night necessarily but if you're setting certain times where you're going to do these check-ins that com- a little bit of communication goes a long way and and so and you know i feel the same way ali like where i'm i feel like i'm the one always asking my husband about business and like this and this and that. i have all these questions and, and he gets a little overwhelmed and then he he has all these thoughts that never get put into words is that kind of how, like how you, Mark, are you internalizing all this stuff and we're just like the ones who like to talk about it? Or do you just, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, it's number one, I trust a lot of Ali. I mean, looking at her as a business person, she is incredible. The, the things that she's done without that guidance and what she's been able to build in her life coaching for women physicians. And so there's a lot of trust and I, I feel like the decisions she's making are great. So sometimes it's a matter of, I think you're creating something perfect go with your gut. Uh, but also Ali, she, everyone always jokes, you know, wow, Allie, it must be so great to live with a psychiatrist. What's that like? And she's rolling her eyes at, right now, everyone, um, because after after like meeting with 18 people in a given day, Allie's then coming to me and it's like, okay, she has, a, she has her um, coach. Yeah, I know. I know way better now. And I used to take that so personal because so that's one of my thought distortions is personalization, but also... Um, I, my love language is communication. So if Mark is listening to me and he really cares about like some little like thing that probably doesn't matter. And, and he's listening and he's intently listening. I'm like, oh, wow. He just like really loves me. This is amazing. And whereas Mark's love language is more like, he just wants me to hug him. Like he just literally wants me, like if I, if I put my hand on his leg, he's like, oh wow, that was really nice. And I'm like, really? <laughs> because like, if he did that to me, I'd be like, can you just move away? I'm like, I'm like too, it's too much. <laughs> and so like we found out that that was the disconnect. So then what I always tell people, because it happened true in our relationship is just recognizing how the other person feels love. And then really making a conscious effort to 
to do that, even if it doesn't feel natural at first, because at first we would joke, I'd come in the kitchen and I'd give him like an awkward hug and like a little butt tap or something. And it was like, totally not like natural. He's like, okay, wow. Thanks for trying. (laughs) But over time it does become more natural. So now I feel, and you can, maybe I'm totally off here, but, um, now the physical part for me is getting much easier and it's actually becoming one of my love languages now. So I actually like to be touched more now because I was, it's, it's interesting, but, and he does not like to talk more now, (laughs) (laughs) but it works for you guys, right? It does. Um, so, okay. And then also let's, let's go back to when you guys first met you know, you, you don't know each other. You see each other. How did you, how did you meet? What was it like? Was it love at first sight? <laughs> For me. <laughs> it was, so we met, we went to med school together. We met on the first day of med school. There was a get together that evening. And so Allie, her usual bubbly self is sitting there chatting and not just chatting. She was like commanding the <laughs> circle of, of people. And so I walked up and she turns to me and says, what sport did you think I played in college? Okay, this is totally not <laughs> how it happened. In the context. This is not how it happened. Okay, can I just addend to that yes, just, please. just a little bit? So there was several people in a group. By the way, I'm not an extrovert, which is funny that I'm like, you You remember me commanding um, a group of conversation. Okay, so anyways, we were talking about sports and Mark came over at that point right when we were talking about sports and somebody else had asked me what sport did I play in college? So it just was natural that I turned to the person to my left and said, well, what sport do you think I played? (laughs) Whereas he's thinking, he's telling the story is like, everybody's silent and I come up to him randomly. (laughs) And is this something you're supposed to guess like based on your muscles and stuff? Like, I don't even know. Is that how you guess it? So coming into med school, Allie was and is (laughs) um, quite in shape and had definitely been all about um, fitness. And so naturally a whole bunch of guys that were into lifting were there and she was shaking her head, but that was the conversation. And so my response was soccer. And she said, Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> Cause this is, so here's the thing. So being a softball player, people tip, I was a softball player. So people typically categorize you as being like one of like, who here comes the softball team? Like, right. But the soccer players in college were the ones that are like, Oh my gosh, there's the really like sexy and hot soccer players. And there's the softball team over there. (laughs) So he had the right answer. Right. He did have the right answer. So when he said I played soccer, I was like, well, hello, (laughs) this is perfect. Again, you know, one of those um, limiting beliefs, but the joke is that whenever we would go out, because again, we were in a group of friends and we were really good friends. So we went out a lot in med school. I mean, I, I worked so hard in college academically and at a sport that for me, med school was like a party. Like it truly, there's going to be like some like JAMA article about doctors who party too much <laughs> now, but whatever. We we went out all the time. So the joke was anytime I would get hit on in a bar it wasn't like, you know, the typical whatever. It was like, so what protein powder do you recommend? Like literally, that's how guys would hit on me. They would talk about lifting protein powder and protein bars. And this is where Allie's knowledge base, you know, she always said she didn't have a hobby, but this is her jam. This is why she's so good at 
what she does. And so I could talk about this with these guys. And then I was like their best friend. And I would like leave like the places with like five guys who are now like my best friends. Not that they wanted to date me, but I could talk protein powder with them. Right. <laughs> so anyways, we met. So we met the first day of med school, met at Dave and Buster's, um, became friends right away, despite whatever. Um, and what happened was we started studying together. So his, where he lived, he lived with his parents and I lived with my brothers. So it was like an interesting dynamic. Um, but we started studying together and his parents honestly took me in like their daughter. Mark has a brother and his, Mark's mom, Kathy always wanted a daughter. I became her daughter, like immediately, like we just gelled. His family dynamic was very similar to the family structure that I grew up in. And I'm very comfortable around brothers because I have two brothers. So his brother became like my brother and his brother was home a lot because he had injured himself. He played basketball in college and injured himself. So was home. So we just started studying together all the time and we would ride to med school together. We did everything together. And what qualities did you fall in love with? Like how, why did you fall in love with each other? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, for Allie, I think her honesty, her dependability, her humor. I knew I loved her early on. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I'll let Allie answer. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was just that he was like the whole package. Like he was, so the first thing that stood out is he was like really good looking. And like he, him and another, gentlemen in our med school class actually look pretty similar at first, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, they didn't look anything alike, but he just had like these piercing blue eyes and like really tall and like, just, he like struck me and I was just like, oh wow. And, um, but once I got to know him, I realized he was so kind hearted. Like he is like the type of person that literally will help anyone. Like he has this special quality that can pick up like who, who needs something. And like, that's what I, that's what I felt. And he was just so easy to talk to and just really easy to be around. Like I could just be completely silent with him next to me. And like, it was not a big deal. And I guess I, I never actually felt that connection with a guy before. It was like really interesting. I think I always like put up a wall, but with Mark, I didn't. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was because just his, he's so easy to be around. No, I love that. And so the, are these, and these are probably the same reasons you're in love now, or have they changed, grown? I'd say they've grown. They've definitely blossomed. There were the, the seeds of that. And as Ali said, she had never had that kind of relationship with the guy before. I had never had a female as my best friend. And so that was the foundation. And then everything has really grown from there over the years and trust. And certainly I think when we had kids together, that took it to a new level. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So the two kids and how had that, how has that changed your relationship and how have you had to work through the struggles of having kids? I mean, and you know, the struggles and joys. So I think the nice part is that while we do have very similar parenting styles. I think what happens is like the typical dynamic in a family where one parent is, has a more structured schedule with work. And then one person, and again, that was one of the reasons for starting my own business. I wanted flexibility because I really wanted to be able to do the things with my kids instead of standing in the next room, watching the nanny do the things with the kids. 
So I think one of the things is that having that communication, because sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, it's the common complaint, like, well, I, I'm doing this again, I'm taking them to this appointment. And so, and so Mark is like, yeah, but I can't move the schedule around. And so I think it's having, again, more difficult conversations and being open and honest about the expectations. I think once we were able to really come together and talk about, like, I was feeling overwhelmed. And Mark was feeling bad because he had so much other work. So he was almost overwhelmed with work. But now the idea is the mornings we've set it up. So like the mornings are, are my time that I do. I take care of the kids. Like I'm up with them. I'm getting everything ready. I'm doing that. And at nighttime, he takes on the bedtime routine mostly as well. Right. So ensuring that you have your time, your protected time. Yeah. So I think that it's changed because we had to define our roles at a different level. But now when I look at it, I think that we also realize how much we like just being together, just the two of us, because we've been home with the kids a lot. And we're like, okay, so like, how are we going to like get some time away? We want to hang out, you know? And I think that we both are on the same page about that. Like we love our kids, but sometimes we're like, okay, can we like just put, can they go somewhere? <laughs> so how do yeah, how do you do that? I mean, we're all, we're all, a lot of us maybe still are stuck at home. Maybe some people are out again, you know, through the global pandemic. How have you maintained that successful marriage through this? And, you know, for others who are out there struggling too, do you have any words of wisdom for how they can maintain the, the relationship between the, the two? Yeah, for us, it's, we've been lucky. We have a little outdoor area that's kind of like a little second outdoor house so what we do is we kind of shift back and forth with the kids. And so it seems like, so they don't get stir crazy. So if they're not stir crazy and they're content, our stress level is definitely better. And so that's like the first step. So I'd say find some way to be able to occupy the kids so that you can just at least take a deep breath. I like, think just structuring it where they're doing certain things, certain times and creating that space. So even... I have, you know, they they are loving their iPads. Um, as a child psychiatrist, do what I say, not what I do. But, um, you know, there are times where they'll be working on their math on their iPads and I lock the iPad. And they know that at the end they're going to be able to do something fun. But that'll give us an hour where they have to do their work and we can sneak in a show that we've been binge watching. So that's, I was going to say, so one of the things that's really gotten us through as a couple, because we used to always go out at least once or twice a week is we found an amazing series on Hulu. It's called Blind Spot. I'm absolutely obsessed. So is Mark. He just doesn't know it. Um, and so that's our thing. So we're like, okay, do you want to like sneak out and go watch a show real quick? And like, so we kind of have our routine. So you know, we put the show on and it's kind of like our little date and we do it every single day. We watch a show, there's five seasons. So we watch a show every single day. So I think that would be the advice, like finding one thing that, you know, you can really share together as a couple right now and have that to look forward to. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could literally be coffee in the morning. It could literally be a walk together. It could be a workout together. It could be, um, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's like a billion things that I'm not thinking of, but I think finding something that you are looking forward to do together so that it, it kind of feels, makes everything feel alive. Mm -hmm. And we've been prioritizing that coffee in the morning. So even if, for example, on Wednesdays, I start seeing patients at eight and then finish at 9 p.m. So it's like a long haul, but 
before that first eight o'clock, you know, for about a half hour, we'll just sit outside, have some coffee and it's, it kind of settles you in for the day. Oh, you feel like you've had that quality time to, to feed you through the day. And if the kids, so typically the kids are already up. I get up a little bit earlier because now that we have the dog, so I take the dog out and then I'll, I'll sometimes just sit out there. That's another thing. So the dog actually has been a blessing. Yes, she gets up at six in the morning, but now I have like an hour, an hour and a half where I literally can just sit outside if I want to with like myself. And that's been amazing for me. But then the kids, usually the next step is the kids come out. They, you know, come outside where I am and then Mark will come out. So they're usually awake when we're having coffee, but we're almost trying to train them that like we're, we tell them, we say, okay, we're having a date now. Oh, their coffee date. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they'll go inside and they'll like do their thing. They know we're, it, it's true. They, they know we're on our date. And so they actually do kind of leave us alone as best they can. Yeah. And they'll see it as Barbie time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you are, you know, on this coffee date out on your porch, do you have any like technology rules, phone rules? Are, are, you, are you allowed to be on your phones or are you just concentrating on each other or does that matter? There are times where we will acknowledge no phones, but in the morning it's generally kind of a quick check-in because I have patients texting me and, you know, just kind of triaging and same with Allie, but it's not phone heavy. Yeah. So I'll get on and just make sure like nothing like, <laughs> like crazy is happening right at the moment. And I just kind of like, that's the part I think as a business owner, I didn't realize when you do have people depending on you is that I have to be accountable to that. So I'll just do, it's like my routine. I'll just like check three things. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Make sure like nothing nuts has happened. And then I kind of leave it there until I'm ready to move on to the work part of my day. Um, and, and so we kind of, we do have times though, where we're like, okay, let's, when we can feel like we are completely overwhelmed with these phones right now, we'll say, okay, let's do five more minutes. Let's put the phones down and let's just enjoy like the next couple hours doing, you know, X, Y, or Z. Okay. So sometimes setting the boundaries is probably helpful, right? Mm -hmm. Because we used to go through this thing where I'm like, well, you're on the phone more than me. And then Mark will say, no, you are, like, you are way more on the phone than me. And I'm like, no, but you're on the phone more with me. Um, and so the other thing that has helped too, and again, I don't know if this personally has me for me has helped, but if there's two parents working from home and, and there are kids, um, one of the things that's helpful is to encourage each other to at least go outside and have a walk. So Mark will say, did you get your walk in? And then I'll say, yeah, I did. You should go for years now. So just trying to just get outside and just saying, Hey, listen, I have the kids go do you do whatever it is that that's going to, you know, fulfill you right now. And so then I think that's another thing that's really helped protect the relationship because so obviously I love to exercise and I love communication. So when Mark says that, that makes me feel so like valued. I'm like, he cares that I've walked today. Like he really cares. <laughs> And it's really helpful me in the morning when we're over coffee, what we are talking about is what the day is going to look like. And I get a break at noon and I'll take the kids for a walk then in the woods. And just structuring that also allows us to optimize the day because otherwise, if we're not thinking about it, it's so easy to just say, well, where did the day go? I had all of these intentions. Mm -hmm. 
And then, okay. And then another thing I like, um, I want to talk about is finances because I know this is a source of stress for a lot of couples and um, even physician couples. I mean, we can, you know, talk about overspending or, you know, not saving or investing. How did you guys, or are you guys on the same financial page and how does that look for your relationship and how does that affect your marriage? I'd love, this is a great, I love actually talking about this. I know I don't, always talk about financial stuff, but I'm actually pretty open about it. Um, so before we were even married, we got a joint bank account. I'm not even kidding you. Which is crazy. Like we literally <laughs> were dating and we're like, oh, well, we're moving in together. Let's just put our, let's just get an account together. So literally we have the same savings account that we've had since we like pretty much were just dating. Like no joke. Wow. Yeah. We have such trust financially with one another. That's the honest thing I can say. Part of this, which is interesting, and I'm just going to call it out, we've always been, like Mark has always been the person that will spot his friends. And I'm always the person that would like spot my friends. And I think that that's how we grew up with our families. Like my dad would be like, listen, like I come from a very like small, like poor town. Like there, there was not a lot of money, but we were, we did okay. And we weren't rich, but we, we had enough. So I always saw my dad as being the one who's like, oh, listen, I got it. And his parents are the same way. They, my parents actually were from not too far from where Ali grew up in upstate PA. It was a similar thing where a lot of my relatives don't have the finances and my dad was always spotting as well. Mm -hmm. So now I would say our money mindset, Mark actually has the healthiest money mindset I think I've ever met in my life. Um, I would say financially, we're very much on the same page. So Mark actually knows more about the other money we have in other places. I kind of know the fluid money that we have right then and there. So I would say like our financial strategy is Mark knows long-term what we have. I know like in the moment what we have just because I do most of the bills and I do, you know, kind of that management part. So I think we have our roles. Um, and I'll say that, you know, when I went full-time into my business, so Mark's, Mark, is one of the hardest workers I've ever met in my life. He had five jobs at one point, all at the same time. When was this? Probably three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. So he literally was a psychiatrist like at all these different places. And now he has his own practice, but then also works for a really great uh, practice. Um, so he has kind of two main jobs. But I always had a steady income being a neonatologist. And then from my full-time clinical neonatology job, I shifted into a non-clinical job from home as a medical director. Um, but there was that point where I knew I was going to have to end that job if I wanted to go all in on my business. And so my business was making money pretty much from the beginning. Um, however, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, it's on me now. I'm, I'm generating that income stream. And now, mind you, I have no business background at all. Like, and this was me. And I said, I hired a business coach and he's definitely, you know, good with like the strategy piece. But I, I, I literally just figured it out. And that was like, okay, so now I'm like, Mark, listen, like you're solid, but like I'm making money, but my business is eight months old. But I can tell you what, I never for one minute ever felt like I had to worry because my mindset is that, first of all, Mark wasn't worried because he's like, we're good. And my mindset was, we'll make it work. And so I think that that is kind of a shared, I'd like to hear your take on it, but we'll make it work. We know we have the skill sets that we need to do to make things happen. Um, so I don't feel like, I feel like we've been less stressed about money 
since I've gone off on my own into my own business and pretty much you have as well. Well, and I think when you often talk with your clients about this, uh, that scarcity mindset, it's, it's tempting. We as physicians, for whatever reason, it's, it's often a challenge, but understanding that we have enough money, we could, we could technically make it on my salary. Mm -hmm. So knowing that takes some of the pressure off and allows Allie to do what she wants, not because she needs to be the primary breadwinner. That being said, I also truly believe in Allie. And I think as her business continues to grow, she it's an investment right now. And eventually she will be making more money than me. And I'm just fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's totally fine with that. Um, the other part too is I've come to a phase in my business now where I'm at I'm at the place where I'm ready to scale. And that's really why I brought on somebody to help me with strategy scale-wise. I can maintain the level that I'm at right now. And honestly, I'm making as much as I did as a clinical physician in my business. But again, what I'm realizing now is I need to invest money into things that are going to teach me the skills that I need to actually really create the business that I want to create. So this is the first month I would say in my whole business career where I am spending more money than I would normally be comfortable with. I'm actually spending quite a bit of money right now. And that's pretty new, but it's for things that I believe in because I look at them as investments. So when I was deciding to to invest in these things, three different things, um, you know, I would never have to ask Mark. Like I literally would not, I know I wouldn't have to, but I just, it makes me feel good to be upfront. Like, Hey, listen, this is what this is going to cost. Potentially I'm going to lose this much money. If this doesn't work out, are we willing to lose this amount of money? If this isn't what I think it's going to be. Um, and he's always like, listen, I look at it as an investment. I'm all in. And so that's like, that's what I'm saying. Like his, that makes me so much more relaxed about the business end of things because it also makes me really believe even more in myself because it's just, you know, he knows that I'm going to choose the things that I think are going to really help me so that I can serve the people I really want to serve and really even more people that I want to serve. And so I think that we do have a very common, you know, outlook in that way. So that helps. <laughs> So your question, your question was so timely because Ali just yesterday was like, do you think I'm spending too much? <laughs> yeah, literally, because I've never spent this, because one of the things I pride myself on in my business is that I've worked really hard. I mean, I work a lot of hours and I've done that because first of all, I wanted to learn every angle of my business. I wanted to be able to do everything that I would eventually hire out. Well, now I'm hiring it out because I've done it for three years <laughs> and I'm like tired. It's, it's a lot of work. And so now I'm thinking like, okay, like social media, like I want to get rid of a bunch of that, obviously, you know, just, you know, and then I'm like, okay, I need more strategy. Okay. I need to go from this level to this level. I need somebody who has done this and is the expert in this to help me get there. And it's all happening at once. And so I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because this is another like a lot of money. This is another a lot of money. <laughs> They're big steps. Right. And he has a lot of trust in you. 
And so, I mean, and, and, and with all these shifts, you know, neonatologists and your your five jobs into your own business and Allie's business, Mark's business, how has all of this affected the relationship between the two of you? I think it's made it stronger. I think that the, like what you just said um, and what Mark just said is there's a tremendous trust, but it also creates and generates a lot of excitement for me because I know that the sky's the limit. And, and together, I think that the sky's even more the limit. So it, it makes it, it basically makes it super exciting. We both get really excited with spontaneity. We love being spontaneous. I mean, that is like, I mean, literally we'll go, we've, we literally, this house we live in right now that we built, we saw the lot and we're like, let's buy it. And we bought it the next day. Like, that's just how we roll. Like, we don't wait around. We're like, oh, do you want to pick paint colors? Cool. Done in 10 minutes. Like, we, we know what we want. We just know what we You're want. You're good at making decisions. We are. We are. We're, we're decisive. And this has pushed us on that. But I think the trust piece, like, it's like, he is my biggest fan. Like, when I think that something's not going well, he's like, eh. And he gives me, like, the thought that I need. And I'm like, okay. That's the thought. I got it. I think you use the word excitement or exciting. And I think that's the biggest, probably the biggest ingredient to why the last couple of years went so well is just rolling with the insight, the excitement, the anticipation for the next big things when Allie's giving a talk, you know, this past winter, pre-COVID, we were all over the place mm -hmm. with Ali's talks and it was just really fun. And we made the most of that. We Sometimes we would bring the girls, sometimes we would just go the two of us and, you know, always looking forward to that next mm -hmm. step, whatever it may be. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's nice having him in my corner, like when I'll go do a big talk and I know he's in the crowd or I know that he's like outside the door. And then I know we're going to go get a drink right after this. And it's just, it's like, it's basically mixing business with pleasure, like all the time. And I mean, I get a high from my business. Like when I have, when my, when a client has a breakthrough, I'm like that. I mean, to me, I'm like, I feel like this huge sense of my purpose. This is my purpose. And and I feel like just having a partner to share that um, makes a ton of excitement. And so sometimes I wake up and I'm like, how is this like my life? And you said, you know, mixing, mixing business with pleasure, business with your life or business with pleasure. Like it's all, it's kind of like work-life integration, right? We talk about work-life balance so much now with physician burnout and everything, but really like instead of a balance, I think it's more of integration, because it's so hard. It's hard to come home and not think about being a doctor and then go to work and not thinking about being a mom. Like you can't just, we don't have a switch to turn it on and off. I know no matter how hard we try. No. And it's funny that you're saying this. I actually, you should, you need to term that because I think actually you should like write something on that. Cause it's so true. The integration piece. So my girls, they'll literally be in the kitchen when they're kind of like being silly and they'll be like, I'll be looking for ketchup and I'll be like, I can't find the ketchup girls. Do you know where the ketchup is? And literally my older daughter the other day was like, Oh, log into Kajabi. It's on Kajabi <laughs> because that's where I host. That's where I host all of my courses. So she's like, it's in, it's in Kajabi because she hears me say that. Oh, just it's in Kajabi. Just go to Kajabi. And so literally she said that. And so that's that whole idea of like, my daughters think I'm a YouTube star. We literally have four videos on YouTube because I used to post my workout videos so that we could then post the link to my courses. 
So my youngest one's like, well, my mom has a YouTube channel and she has like five followers. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, and and then my older daughter said, you know, mom, um, you know, can artists, older daughter, our older daughter's really into art. She's really talented actually, which blows my mind because I am not at all. I'm great with stick um, figures. Yeah. And um, so she says, um, mom, so can artists like have their own businesses? I'm like, yeah, they can. They totally can. She goes, okay, cool. Cause I think I want my own business. I'm going to be like an art. I'm going to have like an art store. Um, and I want to do that. I go, okay, well, that's great. So why, what made you want to have your own business? Like, why do you want to do that? She said, oh, cause I want to be famous like you. I want to have my own YouTube channel. I want to have Kajabi. I want to have like a Facebook group. Oh, I love that. That is so sweet. You're creating little entrepreneurs. Oh my God. Then she went on one of her online games and created a business and she started hiring people. I kid you not. I kid you not. Hiring actual people or like other fake, other fake kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's like other people. Yeah, she built a cafe and hired people to work at the cafe. <laughs> like on this game. It's a game and you can like it's like pretend, pretend hire, but she was the boss and she hired people to work at her cafe. Wow. And how old is she? Eight. Eight. Oh my god. And this is so this is what happens. I mean, when when parents become entrepreneurs, you know, this is what happens. And so what, okay, what advice do you have? So you've, you've got it all together, you know, financially you're on the same page, relationship, kids, family. What about uh, the other couples out there? They may be dual physician couples. They're struggling with, well, I want to buy this, you know, and I want to buy this, or I think we need to invest. Like they're just not on the same page. Do you have any advice of how they can get there? Yeah, I do. Cause I deal with this a lot actually in my coaching practice. I would say this is probably one of the more common things that come up believe it or not. So what typically happens is like the nitty gritty of it. Like if they want to split accounts and this and that, blah, 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 whatever, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, each party has to agree on what they're willing to spend on for their fun money. I call it fun money. And basically I wrote a blog one time and it's called um, your budget for extras. And it's like setting like what setting a budget extra, like an extra budget. And it's like, okay, so this is my money that literally there's no questions asked. I can do whatever I want with it. And that's what it is. And having that conversation about that, and there might be some resistance at first, especially as physicians, we <laughs> like to control things sometimes. And so we kind of want to know. Um, but I think the first step is being open-minded that there we could improve our communication between what we're spending our money on and then just committing to being a number. So even if either party's uncomfortable, like I have one lady who literally like her budget that she set was $99 a month, like literally like a hundred dollars a month. She's like, okay, I'm going to, she started small. She had to go that small because it was so uncomfortable. So even if you have to set like such a low budget per month for just you, I don't care if it's $5. I think it has to happen. I think each party has to feel that they have freedom to do with what they want to do. I think the other key too is having that tough conversation because so often people project onto their partner, he or she wouldn't be okay with this and they might be just fine with it and project our scarcity uh, mindset onto our partner. Doing that sets the individual up for potential resentment. Like I'm not getting this because of my partner. And who knows? You you don't know unless you have that conversation. 
I think that's a great point. I actually had a client recently who um, she wanted one-on-one coaching. And so we did a consult. And um, at the end, I told her, you know, the investment in the coaching program. And she really wanted it. But she said, I'm going to have to talk to my husband, which is very typical, or my partner. You know, I I get that a lot is I need to talk with them anything over this amount we talk about, which is which is great. Um, But she was surprised because he was like, oh, man, like, I'm all in. You need to sign up with her right now. And so she was really surprised, as Mark mentioned, like that he's like, oh, well, that's it. Like he actually thought it wasn't high enough, which I thought was real. I'm like, oh, great. Maybe do you want to pay more? That's fine. You know, but he actually was saying like, well, and then I had another client recently who her husband saw, because obviously I have a membership program, which the whole idea behind that is it's a much more affordable, it's very affordable, but I give a ton in it. So people think, well, for that price, you're not going to get much because it's $99, but there's a ton. And I do that on purpose because I have it. You like to over deliver. I like to over deliver. And so I guess one of the husbands saw everything and they're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how much you're getting. And so it's, it feels, it feels really good when the partner is seeing that their wife, like what their, what their partner wants is valuable. And and then they usually get a little boost of confidence. So the one client that's husband said, well, that's a great bargain. And, and I'm surprised she didn't charge more. Um, every time she comes on, she's like, I'm so excited that my husband was like really behind me on this. Cause I'm really loving it. And so it, it's just, it's, it's nice. But like what Mark said, just having the conversation, cause maybe we're wrong about what our partner would deem as. Oh, exactly. It's having the conversation because you have this anticipatory like fear and it might not even need to have that, right? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. So guys, for uh, thank you both Mark and Allie for coming here. Now, is there anything else we haven't shared already that you want to share with our audience? I think Allie touched on this. The exercise piece is really critical too. So taking care of your body. And we we once had somebody come on a financial advisor and I was surprised that one of his recommendations was to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. Number one, because it's going to allow you to work longer, but really most importantly, it's so important for the thinking. It's so important for the investment in long-term being together. I really love that. Um, obviously, I could not agree more because that is a huge part of of what I like to help people achieve is kind of a healthy exercise, you know, program. But I really do believe in that. One of the things that's so true is that the moment that we decide to commit to our own health, everything changes, like everything. So if you're having a problem with work, I'll tell you what invest in yourself with some exercise and your confidence by showing up every day for yourself, your confidence will soar. You will walk into that negotiation room and you will get whatever you want. I'm not the smartest person. I'm hardworking. I don't think I'm the most hardworking person. I mean, I'm close, but I'm not the most. Um, I'm, but what I can tell you is I probably am super high up in the consistency category. I show up every day for myself and because of it, I can walk on a stage. It doesn't even bother me. Like I literally can walk on a stage with hundreds of people and talk because I show up in the gym every morning and I show up for myself. So if I can show up for myself, then all I have to do is be able to give to other people. So I I could not agree with that more. And so I think that exercise is a vessel that allows us to really kind of evaluate and grow as individuals. 
yeah, if you value yourself, you're going to have more self-worth and when you show up anyway. Yes, I have not heard that before. If you're yes, okay, so show up for yourself, work out, keep your mind, your body in shape and take care of yourself and then and then you won't have fe- you won't have to have fear when you're helping other people. You really don't. You just help. You just you just show up. You just that's because I always say to people like the only thing you ever have to do is show up how you want to show up. Like that's your only power in this world. Like you can't control anyone else. You can only control yourself. So if you can believe in yourself that much, and for me personally, I find that through movement. And I laugh because I have to tell you, like I've gone on stages where I've had people way more well-known than me and like Ted talk speakers and these people that would blow me out of the water. And I'm just there and I'm like, Hey, and, and I'm fine. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's really that one thing. It's just showing up for yourself. That's it. I love it. Okay, now where can people find you two? We're gonna be hiding. No, <laughs> no. So <laughs> we're hiding in the COVID house. Um, no. So mine's super easy. My website is www.lifecoachingforwomenphysicians.com, and I host my my recent podcast there, which is Life Coaching for Women Physicians, and my my blog and all the other cool stuff that I do. And then Mark can tell you a little bit about our joint venture, which is mostly just his venture at this point. So that's www.novitskymd.com. And uh, yeah, that's just our local Chester County, PA. I have an office down the street and uh, doing child, adolescent, and adult psychiatry. Perfect. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. So honored. I am so honored to have you on my show because you know you made a huge impact in my life. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. This was super fun and you're a really great host. It was a really fun show. Yeah, you've got a a talent for this. So amazing. Yep. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Drs. Allie and Mark Nowitzki for coming to speak to us today. So my big take-home points from Allie and Mark. Number one, create a space that lends to couple engagement. Pick one thing to do with your spouse each day. It doesn't have to take long. It doesn't even have to be 30 minutes. It could be five minutes. It could be 30 minutes or it could be an hour. So just pick one thing. It could be a morning coffee break, a quick show on Netflix, a walk with the dog, and just enjoy you and your spouse. Number two, train your children to respect parent time. This is so important and encouraged, my friends. Without this dedicated and respected parent time, You two may get lost in the punches. Your children can often become the center of your household and universe, which is okay. We all love our children, but create that space, right? Parent time. And when your children can see that and understand that and see how that affects you two as a couple and parents, they may not verbalize their understanding, but they will see it and they will feel it. They're smarter than you think. Number three, create a budget for extras. You've got to have just a little bit of money, right? In your spending plan that you can just spend on yourself, 
on your hair, on your nails, on your car, whatever it is, whatever it is that brings you joy. So just discuss this with your partner and pick a number and just commit. You know, if you haven't done this yet, and if this talk does create some sort of discomfort, embrace it. You know, it's okay. It, it, it might create discomfort, but having that little budget may give you a little bit more flexibility and a less guilt spending money on things that actually do bring you joy. If the number you do set doesn't work out, that's okay. That's okay. It's just a plan. I mean, you're the boss. You have the ability to change it at any time. So set a new one, but you have to just pick and set it and try it out. So commit. Oh, and number four, there's an extra because of course, Dr. Ellie Nowitzki is a fitness coach. So take care of your body. She says, the moment you commit to your own health, everything changes. Your confidence will soar. Once you feel confident in your own skin, in your own body, you feel confident everywhere you go. In the negotiation room, at work, talking with your boss, talking with maybe that friend you're not so... (laughs) not so confident with your parents, certain family members, everything. So take care of your body, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Medicine, Marriage, and Money. We appreciate you so much. I hope you walk away asking yourself, what are our common goals? And what are my independent goals and his or her independent goals inside of the bigger common goal me and my spouse have. Have I trained my children to be respectful of my me time? Know this, they don't have to talk to understand this. How is my life serving as an example for my children or nieces and nephews if you don't have children of your own or dogs if you're animal lovers? How am I creating an exciting and trusting environment for our relationship, exciting and trusting. And lastly, how am I taking care of my body, my vessel, my temple? Thank you so much, my friends. I appreciate all your shares and reviews, subscribes. Please go out and spread positivity into this world. Uh, Spread these messages we've learned here from doctors Allie and Mark Nowitzki. And hop on to my website, medicinemarriageandmoney.com. Sign up for a coaching session if that's something you're interested in. Reach out to me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, not Twitter, TikTok from time to time. Never, never on Twitter. Don't contact me there. Um, we, I am here to serve and I am here to help. And you know, I know I don't actually plug this in that often, but I want to. My husband also has his own community at 39.6 uh, community on Facebook, where he actually goes live every single night with financial advice, tax code advice, what car you should buy, what house, what, what car you should drive, what house you should buy, just all that kind of fun financial stuff. So check it out. Check it out. We'd love to have you there as well. And thank you so much. Much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. 
This is for your entertainment only.